0: Welcome to Unstoppable You with Christine Patton. Does it seem like something could be holding you and your business back from your dream of great success? Can you put your finger on what that is? In today's show, you'll learn the tools and patterns that will guide you toward the success that you dream of. Now, here is your host, Christine Patton.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Unstoppable You. This is where we talk about empowerment, resilience, and passion and how it all works to conquer the game of business, because you are your business. So welcome to the show today. It's Thursday, December 17th, 2020. Here's what's going to happen. I'm here today with Scott Patton, and we're going to have a vision. Uh, We're going to have a vision. Wow. Oh, it's starting off so well. today. (laughs) We're going to do something called a vision, and you'll be subject to whatever we decide to say. Now, we're going to talk about how vision, what vision really means, and how we use it to create our future, and more particularly, I mean, a lot of people talk about vision, and then they talk about outer outer things to aspire to, and that's good. But until you break it down into manageable steps and learn how, well, it's kind of a useless concept, I think. So we're going to help you uh, by talking about tools to cultivate to bring around more of what you want in your life, because that's what you want to do, right? You want to bring more of what you want, um, all the way from your big dream down to how you want to feel on a daily basis, moment by moment. So we felt that a discussion like this would be timely and relevant, given the condition of the world, and the fact that we're at the dawn of a new year, just about, a new age, and really what seems to be a direction towards a new civilization. So the topic today is an extension of empowerment, resilience, and passion because it's the decision to live your life differently, to, dis- to cultivate new skills and practice them that constitutes the very essence of empowerment, I think. You think so, Scott? Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. These decisions help you create resilience and all lead, and we've experienced this in our lives, to a new love for life, which I call passion. So as I mentioned last week, this does not necessarily involve a giant leap into the unknown, you know, the jump off a cliff and grow wings on the way down. Not all of us are comfortable with that. Um, It can be terrifying, but this is more about small, intentional, and powerful steps toward an expanded existence, um, which is what we're going to talk about today. So last week with Judith Gordon was really about the inner journey, the thought process, or processes towards a new way of living, expanding one's view of life personally and globally, but today is more about the tools to get you there. And the information today and the skills that we're going to discuss, Scott, have been around for a really long time. And we know this by what has been disclosed in ancient scriptures and scrolls, hieroglyphs on ancient structures, and the stories and practices that have been handed down through time. So I encourage all of you listeners today to embark on your own journey of enlightenment. There's a vast amount of information available on those subjects. Um, So and we're going to expand a little bit on the essence of, of what those things have been teaching us. Now, for further support, you might want to wish to consult my website, powerwithin.ca. There you will see how we can work together to delve more deeply into how to create positive changes in your life in a very powerful way. And you can connect with me at chris at powerwithin.ca, C-H-R-I-S-P-O-W-E-R-T. W I T H I N dot C A. I probably spelled that wrong, but you get it. I'd uh, love for you to be oh, sorry, would you want to say something like learn to cool spell enough. them? Up. Yeah, what, <laughs> yeah. It's, that? it's close enough. Yeah. So I'd love for you, listeners, to be a guest on my show. If you have an interesting story involving empowerment, resilience, and passion, please connect with me on my email that I sort of described. I'd love for you to get to know me and to and to talk and to see if we're a fit for the show. And if you'd like to get involved with the mission of this show, to inspire others to their best life, please connect with me on my email again at chris at powerwithin.ca or follow me on social media. I have three Facebook pages. If you don't like one of them, you can choose another. Chris Patton, Power Within Coaching and the Mental Edge in Sports Performance. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram at Chris Patton. Now, I wish to welcome back to my show, Scott Patton. So, Scott, you brought us the idea that kindness was the secret to vitality or is a secret to vitality, and that was on October 22nd. And I believe you, Scott, have an uncanny understanding of the human body, and I also think you're an enlightened young man, and you've made it your path in this life to be a lifelong learner of all things that are about growth, change, improvement, and wisdom. So welcome back, buddy.
2: I am honored to be here once again. I loved our last discussion. It, uh, it's rare in life that you have the opportunity to really think about deep concepts, but bring them back into a realm where they're practical. And I I tried to make the last conversation a little bit like that. Because when you're talking about these kind of immaterial things like kindness, like it's a sound that we make, but what does it really mean? And Mm -hmm. I think as you start to kind of unpack that and really delve into it in a conversation, it becomes clear that it's fairly practical in life. And so I think that's a lot of what today is going to be about is taking the, what do you want to call it? The immaterial.
1: Intangible and making it tangible,
2: right? Exactly. Making it yeah.
1: Cool. So for those of uh, you joining us for the first time, if you haven't um, heard from Scott, um, here's his bibliography, or biography. What is with me today? I don't know. Words, words escape. Um, his biography. Uh, Scott Patton was a biomedical student at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, a former junior hockey player, a sought after. He is a sought after health and physical trainer. He's the CEO of two companies and the voice of vitality and glowing health. Oh, and he is 24 years old. You didn't get any older in the last little while, did you?
2: Almost 25. We're almost there.
1: Okay, cool. Well, so today I was thinking about, um, you know, what would be a cool thing for you and I to talk about that might be interesting for people to listen to, and and of course many things um, in the media and online today are all about how to cope with COVID, and you know there, there's realms and realms of information available. Um, so th- this is another one, uh, no question. Um, but we think this is this is really like you said, this is making the intangible tangible, and. I think anything is useful to listen to, and hopefully, there's something even small today that someone can take. So, this is about looking around at what's happening in the world. And, you know, most people are feeling on some level. A, a, a wide array of emotions, right? And, and, the, and they're, they're pretty negative. I mean, unless we really work to change that, it's, it's anger, it's frustration. But it's, it, to me, what I'm getting, what I'm feeling and hearing from some of my clients is it's the hopelessness and the helplessness because we're looking around at a world, in, in a world pandemic, okay? It's not accidental. It's, it's here for a reason. And the steps that are being forced around the world, let's face it, they ain't working, and I wish I could drop the mic and walk off the stage at that point, but they're not working. And so now we're watching, we feel like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. What's, what's being enforced is not changing anything. And we're stuck, like we feel really restricted. So, and we know, right, Scott, that helplessness and hopelessness is the bottom of the emotional scale. Right. It's even helpful to be angry and frustrated.
0: Yeah.
1: So when we realize though that, the outer world we can't control. We can't control anyone or anything around us. What's the only thing we can control? Right. It's, it's us. So this is what the show is about is, okay, how can I take control of the situation by controlling what I think, feel, say, or do, right? So yeah. this is the one domain we can exercise in how and, we think about what's going on.
2: And I think it goes back to the oldest saying, as within, so without. Right. And again, that that sounds a little bit cheesy, but I think what it's we will cheesy. discover is that when 7 billion people find a resonance with themselves, it, 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 will, it we can't even right now, perhaps imagine what that'll be on a global scale of what that means for actual change on the outside. And I think of what you're kind of alluding to is the fact that if we go and try and change the outside world without taking care of the inside world, Well, we're just going to be reflecting what's on the inside for us, you know, on the outside. And if if we haven't done the work on the inside to bring ourselves into a place of alignment, resonance, whatever word you want to use, we're just going to be creating more and more of that in the outside world. Beautiful.
1: Thank you. You just made that totally understandable. Um, So what I thought is um, what Judith and I talked about last week was was kind of how do you reframe? how can we think about life differently? Because we know everything starts with an idea, right? So how can we think about life differently? And, and what I came up with was for my for my own self um, is to think about 2021, because we're on the brink of that. How can we create an adventure? Because adventure is kind of cool. You know, we watch adventure movies and it's exciting. And so, but but adventure has many facets. So Adventure is a different way to think about things, and it can be exciting. There's, there's kind of a romance about something new and what we don't know. But at the same time, you know, we're terrified because we don't know what's going to happen. Well, that's life. That's the way life is right now. So why not frame it as this could be cool? This could be cool. What if the two most powerful words in the English language, in my view, if you take a positive slant on that, right? What if we're going to create a whole different kind of civilization where we all have a voice, we all have power, we all have the same opportunities that people, people, nations are not taking from one another, you know, that kind of thing. but equal, true, equal opportunity. Um, and and what if we what if we framed adventure that way? What do you think of that?
2: Well, I think one of the best things about adventure, and when you say we like to watch adventure movies, we probably wouldn't like the movies quite as much if we knew exactly what was gonna happen. And I boring. think boring. Yeah. Exactly. It's boring. And part of the beauty of life is we don't know what's gonna happen. And so by not knowing exactly what's gonna happen, what it seems to do is it forces let's let's talk about this in a movie sense. If the the hero on the journey doesn't know what's coming next, it doesn't know what monsters, it, it doesn't know what case it's gonna go into, do, doesn't know what's gonna be knocking at its door. The only possible thing that the hero can do is develop him or herself so fully and so maximally and paint such a clear vision so that regardless of the potential of the chaos of life and what's to come they embrace it as someone who is ready for that and so i i think it's it's a really a wonderful it's a wonderful way to frame what could be in 2021 because like you alluded to with covid it seems to be a lot of systems breaking down and Let's be honest, it's a little bit of a weird civilization to live in, because on one hand, it is unbelievably stable for a lot of people, let's say, in in our neck of the woods. We wake up in comfortable beds, we have nice showers, we get food, like, you know, you can go on and on. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there seems to be a lot of fundamental structures which needed to be changing. Um, you know, whether it's our banking system, the way that government makes decisions, the way that we look at health, the way that we value other human life. And so I think what this did is it kind of blew up and really brought to the surface some of those issues. And when you talk about the adventure in 2021, it is what adventure do we want to co-create together? Because realistically it's us human beings that are creating our kind of human,
1: human life. And, and, and we're sharing the planet. We have to learn how to do that. Right. Exactly. Here's what I want to say though, you know, here in North America, it's not a, it's not a cakewalk. And, and part of it is because we have taken on so much stress Honouring those important things in our life, and I use that with air quotes, you know, money and stuff. This this relentless consumerism and this relentless pursuit of money, power, and fame. And I'm going to call it what it is. Um, we've been told that's, that's a successful life. Well, I think the definition of success can have that component, but without all the other stuff like love, p- great people in your life, people you can trust, um, having grace and ease in your life and not constantly being on and, and having to worry. <clears throat> we've now hijacked that system in our brain, that that fight or flight, and we keep ourselves in that. So I think, I think anyway, it's shown me that we need to get out of that. We need to get out of that rat race, that that hamster wheel we've been running on to maintain these lifestyles that we just feel crushed by, so yeah. I think everybody's learning something, right?
2: Well, absolutely, um, and I think when you take away something as as fundamental as your health and well-being, it really starts to reframe what's important in life. The idea of money and fame, you know, I think we've seen enough examples of people who get there: Jim Carrey, Russell Brand, Matthew McConaughey, and they go, "Look, it's it's not there. That's not it." And so I think what this did for a lot of people is like. Wow, being unhealthy and all this and this, like that is really the terrifying thing. And I've seen a lot of people flourish. They've really gained control of their well-being and their health. And that, again, starts to reframe that outside world and starts to paint a picture of, well, if this is the real importance, how can we build a society to honor what is really fundamentally important to us? The health, the well-being, the relationships, all the things that we're missing right now.
1: Right. So we have to define success a little more broadly, a lot more broadly, but also I like to say successful people are awesome because they, if you define success in a, in a holistic way, they're awesome because they show us what's possible. And if they can do it, we can do it. You know, I just think that's great. You know, and the truth is that they, and we all create our own realities, our own fate and our own luck. You know, and blood, sweat, and tears do not necessarily create change for the better. And we're learning this, right? Well, they, let's let's
2: stand on that point because blood, okay. sweat, and tears. We need hard work, but the question is, what are we working hard at? Right. Because you know, let's let's just be honest. It's like the classic, you know, the duck with one leg swimming in a circle. It's, the duck's going to be exhausted after an hour, but it hasn't gotten anywhere. Right. So perhaps let's reframe that as a blood, sweat, and tears. It's a necessary part of the step, but it comes after the pre-paving, let's say.
1: Yeah, so it, what I like to tell my clients is, is um, yeah, hard work is, you work, but it's work that you like at least most of the time, and struggle, it's not about struggle, because struggle is actually creating counterintentions. So struggle is where you keep banging your head against the wall, and you don't stop. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not hard work. That's futile. So that's when you got to step back and go, okay, I got to tweak the system here. I got to change my whole goal or something has to change. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah,
2: so working smart and working hard. Like yeah, smart. There, there has to be a beautiful balance of that. Yeah.
1: And and we know that it's our imagination, our beliefs, and our expectations that draw us into action, circumstances and synchronicities that give birth to lives that feel better. Like, that was a whole lot of stuff in that sentence. But we just need to know how to do it, right? We need, we need to know the steps um, as we go. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and the other thing is, um, these principles that we're going to talk about, right? We need to kind of lay the foundation is um, they're already at play in life, right? They're already there, present. You're using them, whether you know it, like it or not, you're already using these concepts and these principles. So by today, by being better um, at identifying them, understanding them and harnessing them, you can turn your desires into more of what you want and less of what you don't want. Is that fair?
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: cool. Um, So adventure, people have a different feel and taste for adventure. Some people are thrill seekers and some people want to play it really, really safe. So I guess the way we can frame this is pick your adventure, you know, pick your adventure. Maybe it's something small that you make a change in in your life, or maybe it's you throw everything aside and do something new. Wherever your comfort level is, start there, right?
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when, you're, when you start working out, you don't want to start squatting 400 pounds. You get build or X. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You figure it's you true.
1: And, and then, so why do we do this adventure? Because when we're finished it, how do we feel? We feel accomplished. We feel awesome. We feel amazing. Um, and this is why we do this. It, it, because we've just done something worthwhile and meaningful that has value for ourselves. This is why we're choosing to make 2021 an adventure
2: right? Absolutely. Can you agree
1: more? Okay. So I guess the question before we go to our break is, while we're gone for a couple minutes, is how can you create a mini adventure for yourself? So what could you do this year that would make you feel accomplished, satisfied, and happy with yourself? We'll be back in a couple seconds. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast.
0: If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into to Unstoppable You. To reach Christine Patton or her guest on the show today please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email during the week to chris at powerwithin.ca. Now, back to Unstoppable You.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, I'm here today, Thursday, December 17th, with Scott Patton, and we're talking about vision and how to create, how to use the tools of visualization Maybe we'll get into meditation, Uh, prayer. That's a good one. And how to create your inner vision of where you want to end up in life. Um, I really like the, you know, when people go, okay, well, what do I do? I get it. I get, I get, I have the vision. I have the dream. I want to set out towards something better. Now what do I do? And, and I love the, um, and I, I do this all the time. It's like I'm sitting in my car, you know, the GPS thing, the global positioning system, right? The the Oracle called Google is <laughs> the one that tells you where to go. And big step is program your GPS. So the, I think we the question before we left for the break was, um, you know, what do you want? What do you want? Define your vision, right? Yeah. Um, so now you get in your car and you program your GPS. So, so, so right, it, it's the idea that I'm going to visit a friend who's moved to a new house, and I don't know where that house is. I said, I'd never been there. So I, and it's a couple hours away. So I have no idea. And so I program my GPS, now the GPS. So the system, the force that helps us create this is like the GPS, right? It's, it knows where we start and it knows it where we end and all the streets in between and the time. And sometimes it tells you traffic and all kinds of stuff. Right? So, so we have to trust that, that by programming this ourselves, we're, we kind of program our GPS. So then what do you have to do? You have to get in and actually, Take your car out of park and drive. So you have to do something. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's- doing something, and we know that um, you know how we think about things. Um, I really like when I feel differently. When I when I'm thinking in a different way and I'm feeling different, it informs the rest of me. Like it's informing. Um, it's informing what I'm saying. It's informing what I'm doing. And I, so by doing things differently, speaking differently, I attract different, right? So I find I attract different friends. I attract different circumstances because I do different things. I go different places. This is how we create, right? So this is how, it's it's definitely by doing.
2: Yeah, well, the, the doing is what I think comes down the line. And you alluded to something right before, actually I think we left for break, which was so on point for this. And you said it's something that we do every day. And I love the metaphor that GPS, because we do use that every day. But when, when you say it's something that we do that every day and all the time, it really is something as simple as I got to go to the stores or stores and I got to get a, a lemon squeezer, I got to get new scissors and I got to get a plant. So before you leave, you think in your mind, OK, those are three random objects, you know, and you kind of plan the route in your mind and you go, oh, I can do this and I can do that. And then once you kind of work through the ways to do it in your mind, it feels like something clicks and it goes, ooh, that feels like the best route. And you don't leave your home until you've kind of done that pre-paving work in your mind or else you're just kind of mindlessly driving around. And so I, I really love that kind of, that metaphor. It's so on point because it's something that we really do all the time. We program our GPS, we say what we want to do. And it seems like there's this brilliant organizing system that kind of comes about and then eventually leads us there. And the coolest part is it doesn't matter if if you're on the one side and you believe in, let's say, something like a global conscious organizing system like a law of attraction, or you're a super reductionist, materialist kind of person who just goes, Well, my brain is super smart and it's gonna lead me to all the next logical steps. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. Because fundamentally, once you know where you're going, you can kind of start to work backwards. And then what that does, and the clearer the vision or if you know exactly where you're programming the GPS, the next logical step just becomes more logical. It becomes more seamless. They just seem to open up like that.
1: Right. And, um, you know, and I often think that, you know, when your thing yells at you, I call her Stella and I swear at her a lot. But anyway, she says, make a legal U-turn, make a legal U-turn. That's obviously you've gone, you've gone off the path.
2: Totally. Right. So yeah. that's
1: life kind of giving you a bad upside of the head, like, okay, time to tweak, dude, you know, do something a little different here.
2: The uh, the emotional guidance system, that's a term that we've become familiar with. And I think it's so, it's just, it captures such a powerful system that we have. And it's something like when we clearly, let's say, define our vision, where we want to be, where we want to go, whether that's on the grand scale, in life, in business, whatever it is, when we define that, and then we seem to kind of play out the next logical steps, if we keep that vision in our mind, it seems like this emotional guidance system will kind of guide us when we're on the path to it or not. And I think we have to grant the fact that that does sound a little, let's call it woo woo for lack of a better term. But I think again, even if you are that kind of materials reductionist thinking about the brain, when you set a goal in your brain it's going to kind of figure out how to get there and it's going to have to let you know when you're on the path to getting there or not or else what is really you know the brain doing and so that thing that's saying you turn you turn i think we all have that internal feeling whether it's that you know it's it's the gut-wrenching it's it just feels like something is wrong
1: wrong. something wrong
2: yeah exactly yeah exactly and then a part of that is being honest with yourself to allow yourself to feel that because if you didn't have that guidance system in there well, then how would this, how would this vision, how would this idea work? You know?
1: Well, how would we live our lives if we didn't know, if we didn't have any power at all and didn't know what to do?
2: Exactly. Yeah. You know?
1: And so. Just, so this,
2: this is a really cool one. You're saying, you know, what to do. Um, I think the, the, the title of this talk was the vision informs, the vision creates the future. The vision informs the now. And it's an idea that I'm playing with. And, it wasn't,
1: but I like that better.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, it's, it was, you know, something along the lines and yeah. It's a really weird concept, but I've I've heard it said, and I'm really starting to kind of come to terms with and understand, the future defines the now. And what that means is in this reality, time is always moving forward. Like we are always moving around in the world. Think we always need to eat. We always need to take the next breath. Things are always moving. You know, the time is always moving forward. So we're always moving forward that's just a matter of fact in today's or not in today's but in just in the world so the question becomes well what are you moving forward to Mm -hmm. and if it's completely random well that's obviously not going to work and that's not really how it works when you have the clear vision that then directs exactly what you're moving forward to in the present so in that gps example when that is clearly defined as the vision of of where do you want to go well i want to go to my friend's house That informs exactly what you should be doing right now. And I think this is a metaphor which carries in every aspect of life, even including business, every single business that you ever find has a vision. It has a goal. It'll be broken down into a daily, a weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever it is. But you always, we are naturally always working forward towards something. And the more clearly that that is defined, the more clearly your next logical step in this moment becomes.
1: Mm -hmm. And when things don't seem to work, you've got to have a big general meeting and go, okay, everyone, what's not working? What can we tweak? How can we do this better?
2: Yeah, and thank goodness, we have our own emotional guidance systems, which will tell us in our personal lives, if you're the business, you have the clear indicators of whether it's working or not. It's just, it's such a beautiful metaphor that carries in every aspect of life. You have your vision, you have something you're working towards. If that's clearly defined, it'll clearly define what you should be doing in the now. And then rely on your guidance system, your indicators of, am I on the path to getting there?
1: Beautiful. And the way to end this idea about um, the GPS and get into visualization to give people something really to think about is um, stay in it to win it. You know, it's not the struggle. It's staying in it. Because you're not going to, you won't, you don't stop three quarters of the way through the trip and go, oh, I'm not getting anywhere. When you know you've got a half an hour left to go or whatever, right? You don't turn around. I mean, so you stay in it Uh, now with GPS, I know it's a little better defined, you know, the house is here, Um, but it's, it's kind of knowing how you feel about it and and what life is showing you along the way. Does it look like I'm getting closer? Are things showing up? You know, they talk about the, is it the albatross or anyway, one of the birds, you know, shipwrecks or not shipwrecks, but ships lost at sea. The minute they saw a bird, obviously we're close to land because birds can't live in the water. Right. right. So that was a sign of, oh, my God, we're, we're, we're close. So we yeah. got to look for our birds. Right. We got to look for the birds. We got to look for signs that this is working out. That's that's a key skill.
2: Uh, it absolutely is. The, I think the simplest way that it's said in, in that kind of colloquial sense is celebrate the small wins. And that mm-hmm. is the small developments on the way, because life is not, you know, you, let's say you have your vision. It's not you get it or you don't. And that's it. Every second, of every minute of every day, it's the who you are becoming. It's, it's exactly what you talked about with Norm in the talk. You know, who are you becoming? Perhaps the way that the GPS metaphor falls down is: let's say you get to the friend's house. Well, that's the end of the destination. There really, in life, there isn't an end to the destination. So you, you can't, you can't really almost go seventy-five percent of the way there because there isn't really ever a getting there. And I think that's a beautiful thing. You have the clear vision, and then there's the steps along the way. You celebrate those steps. And then by the time you get to that vision, it's wonderful. But then there's, there's the next thing. Something
1: else presents. Exactly. Sure. But, but, but we humans, we need to be fed. Like we need to be affirmed that, yeah, we've done something right. And we have accomplished something, right. We need to feel that um, fulfillment and that's important. So it's important to give ourselves that those um, the stages, right. Is to go, yeah, thank God I got here. Yeah. I actually can do this.
2: I think, I think that's part of clearly defining the vision or if it's a business clearly defining the goal. Mm-hmm. If it's super kind of abstract and and muddy and not very clear, well, then how, how are you gonna know when you get there?
1: We're gonna you drive know, around, waste lots of gas and wear exactly. and tear in your car. Yeah.
2: I think another good metaphor might be the body. If you say, you know, I just, I wanna be healthier. It's like, fair enough, but how are you gonna know when you get there? How are you gonna know that things are working or things are not working? If you have a very, it's say it's incredibly clear to find, I wanna lose 10 pounds. Well, then there's the kind of, there's the metric, right? There's the next logical steps. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, probably what we're gonna get into with the visualization, the clarity of it. That's, you know, that's part of the powerful thing because it defines all the steps to it.
1: Mm-hmm. So visualization, see what you want, get what you see. So Albert Einstein once uh, said, imagination is everything. It's the preview of life's coming attractions. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I- I'd like to change that to, to the coming adventure. <laughs> This is me, Christine Patton's coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, a, a great case was made for this. Um, we talked about this a long time ago, and that is the 1980 Lake Placid Olympics. It was kind of the first time that people have been studying this for a while, obviously, but it hadn't reached worldwide proportions, and, and everybody started to know about it. But I understand that the Russians divided their um, sports contingent into roughly four um, categories. And so I understand about a quarter of the contingent trained 100% physically for their sport, whatever that was. Uh, The second contingent trained um, about 75% physically, but had a 25% mental, creative mental visualization component. Then the next component was kind of half and half. They trained physically uh, and trained mentally equally. And the last group trained mostly in their minds, for the success of their sport. And then they had a small component, say 25% physical. And lo and behold, right, what happened? The last contingent won statistically significantly more medals than the others. And it blew the world up in the sports field about the value um, and extent of creative mental visualization. So I wanna talk to you about that. So did you ever use that in your um, hockey career, your goalie career?
2: We use it all the time. I use it all the time. And the reason was, it's kind of hard to put this concept into words. So I'm going to try to do my best. But mm-hmm. the closest thing I can think of is it's like training in the matrix. And the reason that I make it kind of sound so cool and interesting is because what I realized was when I was physically trying to learn a new skill, I was a goalie. I was one of those crazy, mm-hmm. weird people in, in hockey. And let's say I was trying to get better at catching a puck. If I wasn't good at catching a puck and i wasn't very good every time that i practiced that skill i wasn't very good at that practice and so it was there was a lot of struggle it kind of it took a while for me to really figure out the movement because there's so much physical restraint in that there's so much of my body involved that didn't know that skill however the cool thing about the visualization that kind of that cognitive space that we can occupy the imaginative space there isn't any physical restraints or, or constraints or limitations. I can imagine whatever I want. And so I didn't have to go through that jerky physicalness of practice. I could just imagine perfectly catching a puck every time. And I think one of the things that you're probably going to allude to with this Russian study, I think it was the Russians, the American scientists, whatever they, what one of them found. But the fact that your body responds in the exact same way if you're physically doing something or if you're imagining, your body cannot tell the difference. This is why you can have a dream and wake up feeling terrified or something like that. The, our imaginative space is just as powerful as the external world.
1: Well, and, our cells take our commands from our brain. So whether it's an external experience or made up in the imagination, the cells of the body don't know that.
2: And that's, and that's such a perfect thing really to remember, again, just for me, you know, practicing to catch a puck. Over and over, I was practicing a skill of sort of being OK at catching a puck in my cells. But in that imaginative space, the only kind of program, the only command I was giving myself was a perfect catch. And so it kind of takes out your current physical limitations and you can just hijack and jump into that matrix space and be perfect at practicing whatever skill you want. And that's the signal that your cells, your cells get and they remember. So it's yeah, kind so, of like, so
1: important to hear to understand that your imagination can create so much imagination. And what are we conditioned out of as as small children? Yeah. You know, yeah. is a stop daydreaming, stop messing around, get to work. Yeah. And such a travesty because we we lost our creativity, we lost our curiosity. Yeah. You know, we just we just we were conditioned to just take whatever adults told us to do. And I think this is part of the problem with the world today. But I think we're coming to the conclusions that the more we rely on our natural abilities Um, the more that, the better our world's gonna be. Our life is gonna be better and then the life of everyone around us, I think.
2: Absolutely. It's so cool that we're all inborn with the ability to imagine and the ability to kind of enter that creative imaginative matrix space. And it's something that applies to every, literally every area of life. And like we already said, we already do it all the time. Just think of like, I'm going to a dinner party. That's something you imagine right there. So I think the cool thing about this conversation is it's not a conversation about, is it something that we do? It's a conversation about, well, we do it literally all the time, all day, every day in every facet of life. In knowing that, are there ways which we can be more successful to, let's say, program ourselves to get better results quicker, whatever it is. I think Mm -hmm. that's really the nature of this conversation. And it's, it's helpful to realize that it happens all the time. And how do I get better at it?
1: Yeah, it's good, Um, and and like how you said, um, you know, this is for everything. This is not just for sports and movement. This is about performance of any type, and we we all perform every day. Whether you're standing in front of a um, a a council table, whether you're in court, whether you are performing surgery, you are a musician, a dancer, you're a parent, and you've got kids um, or a partner, and we are all performing, and so it's understanding that in our imagination we can be we can be the perfect parent presenter whatever we just have to see what it is that we want and then the commands that follow our bodies naturally follow we we act in accordance with we become what we think that we can right
0: yeah
2: yeah absolutely perhaps one last quick thought before this yeah and that in the In that imagination space, it helps when people are teaching us, when they show us how to do something before we actually try and do it. The imagination is like that teacher. It kind of shows you how to do it. And it's that visual representation that you can kind of go off of. You almost become your own teacher in some sense.
1: Perfect. that's a great thought to go away to uh, a commercial break. We'll be back momentarily with Scott Patton.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Unstoppable You. To reach Christine Patton or her guest on the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email during the week to chris at powerwithin.ca. Now, back to Unstoppable You.
1: Hello, everyone. We're back with Scott Patton talking about visualization. And, and before we left uh, for the break, um, you left with a great idea uh, about visualization and um, how it's a key mental performer um, towards getting, achieving our vision. Once we define what it is we want, it, it's what you said was beautiful, but how we get there. So I don't know about you, but the way I've been trained and the way I do it, and it just feels so good to do it this way is to is to sit quietly, close the eyes. I mean, that's generally the best way to do it. I th- and, and then you can tell me how you do it. Um, and I think about myself. So I'm looking out through my eyes. I'm in my own movie I am the director, I'm the actor, I'm everything, but I'm moving in my body and I am in my vision. So um, let's say I'm speaking to 10,000 people on a stage. I am on that stage. I open my eyes and I can see a sea of faces. I can I can feel the bright lights causing me to sweat. You know, and I've experienced that, you know, the sweat trickle between your shoulder blades because it's so hot, Um, I can smell what it smells to be like in that auditorium. I'm hearing a buzz, I'm hearing people talking, and I'm hearing the noise, and then I hear everything go quiet like a pin could drop, and I begin speaking, and I feel how beautiful it feels to be able to deliver a beautiful message that it's landing, and people are getting it, and they love it, and then as a, and I know anybody who does this, anybody who is a performer of any kind, when you reach that inner state of alignment, and you feel it with your audience, oh my, there is nothing better than that that it's a jive that just is beautiful. And that's the jazz for me in life. But the point is to use all of my senses. I am in this and I can see, I can feel, I can taste, smell all of that and stay in that as long as you can. Mike Dooley says five minutes a day to be in that, but moreover, and we're going to get into this in a moment is, is the emotion. And that's kind of the prayer aspect. So I'll say that for a moment, but how do you, uh, how do you visualize? What do you do?
2: Um, on that, exact point there perhaps it's even better to move it beyond the idea of visualization okay because when we are imagining the future i think you touched on such an important point and that is to feel it Mm. and i would actually go beyond that and say to embody it Mm. to be present and the reason that i put that i was thinking about this before this conversation the we have let's say five main senses that we interact with the the external world the the most the, the one that we rely on the most is our visual system. So when you think of the human cortex in the brain, about 30 to 50% of that is dedicated to vision. And so obviously when we're thinking about the external environment or creating the world, a lot of that has to do with what we see. And, you know, like be the change you want to see in the world. However, the first part of that I think is more important than the second, and that is be the change. When I think another way to say that is to embody the change or embody the future. And I, every single person that I've ever heard talk about this concept is the same thing. It is not just seeing it, but being in that space. And that is what really makes it real. It is. Joe Dispenza talks about the fact of the, um, you know thoughts, is something of thoughts for the brain and emotions or feelings are of the body. And when you want to get this meat body suit involved in it, you have to feel it. You got to be in that moment because then it becomes real. It's not just this fluttering thought, but it's all, like every aspect of you is turned on. And that's when your body remembers it. So and for, that's how
1: every cell participates, right?
2: Exactly. And you can feel when your cells are turned on by the fact that they are turned on because you can feel your cells. You feel awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, on that exact point, I love using music to visualize. Because there's, it kind of starts to stir up my emotions and it makes it incredibly real. And it allows me to get really deep in that imaginative space. And what's so cool is I use a song called It's Strobe by Dead Mouse. It's such a beautiful song. It's about 10 minutes long. And what I noticed was when I was working with clients um, at, you know, at NLPT, a lot of them started coming. Which a gym which is a gym and training facility right Um, a lot of clients you know on saturday morning started coming they would just get through the workout so they could do the last like five or ten minutes of meditation and visualization with me and having this song as a trigger really helped so in i think there's two really good ways you can go about it in your way where you're sitting there and you're being in the space that's a great way to practice eventually being in that space The, the kind of creative aspect, what I like is is using music that just turns you on completely. And when you are in that beautiful state, like really direct that into a kind of a visionary space. And I think it'll start to really blow your mind. Um, for me, just because music is such a strong trigger that it gets you into that emotional space. It drives the energy to kind of give you that, you know, that, that, that visual, that real embodied future. So um, for me using music in certain songs and then what actually starts to happen is your brain starts to expect those strong emotions and it almost like now when i hear strobe i immediately get turned on maximally Mm -hmm. so it becomes this kind of nice feedback loop so yeah so for me music has been wonderful yeah
1: yeah no that's that's excellent advice and and also you know they say is create create space in your home where it's all the triggers and the cues yeah. For you to instantly start to feel, and you know our bodies and our brains work on patterns, exactly right. And and if you set a pattern, your body craves to get there. So set a good one, yeah. Because right? you set any pattern, even one that's not good, your body's going to crave that, and that's where many people are. I think.
2: Yeah, so that's and, how we
1: know the difference.
2: Andy Puttacombe is the co-founder of a meditation app called Headspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a foreman for ten years, and he recommends people do it. He calls it coupling and it's when you do like let's say you brush your teeth and then meditate or visualize or you do something and then visualize if you always do it at that same time of day with that same pattern your body starts to expect it so if mm-hmm. if you really build a routine for me it's essentially hopping out of bed i do a couple things drink some liquids and then i go into my meditation and visualization I do too. my body just expects it right then and it becomes easier because it's like oh this is the time of day where i really get turned on and i you know build mm-hmm. my future like all yeah. your resources can be directed there
1: yeah, and uh, I do the same thing first thing out of bed just because nothing's happened yet, really, before yeah. I even look at my phone. Um, and, you know, the days that I don't, when I have to be somewhere super early and I then I forget to do it later in the day because I'm not cued to do that, I notice it. By the end of the day, I'm like, I'm a little anxious today. I'm not feeling it. Ah, that's right. I didn't meditate this morning. Yeah. Um, one thing really important before we go, and we have a little bit of time, is uh, I want to talk about Greg Braden's book. I just think it's gold, um, The Secrets of the Lost Art of Prayer. Um, and one story in particular struck me is, is um, he, he says in his book, he went walking with his friend David, not his real name, who was a native, and he took him into the foothills of Southwest um, United States. And Greg thought he said, We're, "I'm going to go pray for rain because it had been dry." Mm-hmm. And so they they hiked for a couple hours, ended up in a, like a medicine wheel space in a circle, and David removed his shoes, uh, went into the space, closed his eyes. Um, obviously, was in communion and meditating, and about uh, a short time later, shorter than Greg thought, uh, 10 minutes, he walked out and said, okay, let's go. And Greg said, what do you mean? What happened? I thought you were going to pray for rain. And David said, his friend said, no, I did not pray for rain. The concept is to pray rain, And here's the difference, when you pray for something, something is separate from you and you were asking it to come in. And what's happening is you're reinforcing the distance, the separateness and the space between what it is you want. Do not pray for success, pray success. Do not pray for love, pray love. Because by praying for something, you are forcing it, you're keeping it at arm's length. And people who say, I'm trying, will always be trying. And people who are striving are always going to be striving it is here and now in our imagination is the key. And he said, what I did was I imagined and I felt the rain falling on my skin. I could smell the rain on the concrete buttresses in my in my village. I could see the fields of golden grain growing because of the, um, the ton of rain that had fallen. And again, this is using, um, and then when he was finished, more importantly, the great gratitude that he gave for all of that, the rain on his skin, the smell of the rain and the grain that was growing. So yeah. that's a perfect, and, and the abbot, he, uh, Greg also talks about the abbot in the monastery, who, who when asked about, you know, what, what are monks doing when they're, you know, they're using the gongs and the chimes and they're chanting and the mantras and the mudras and all of that, and he said, he said, you haven't seen our prayers. He said, those are things that we do to create the prayer, and prayer is the feeling,
2: that's so wonderful.
1: Beautiful stuff, eh?
2: It really, really is beautiful. That <laughs> I had, I kept thinking of some interesting things while you were saying, but it just, like, you, you just kept hitting the points. Um, the the one thing that I would kind of to keep going on that is, I th- I think the first part of that is when you ask for something, there's naturally you're keeping the question alive. It's almost like tug of war when there's two people playing. If, if you're always tugging, you know, I still want to win. I still want to win. There's still that implication of, we well, haven't won yet. And so it's like, what what are you training in yourself? Well, you're mm-hmm. someone who will eventually win. And I, I you know, the, the metaphor that we use in the description that what came to me one day is if you want more water, become a bigger cup. And I think this is really where... It kind of, you know, it's a nice way to to really tie it all together. And that is when you are asking for something, you have a relationship with that thing that you are asking for. And it's almost like part of the bargain of asking for it is you have to become the person that can hold it. So for example, when the, when the, the abbot is, you know, saying pray rain, well, imagine if they hadn't set up the systems to properly harness and capture all the rain. What would happen they would get the rain and let's say it would just destroy all the crops well that really wouldn't be beneficial and that really wouldn't get them where they want to go if he's saying pray rain it seems like he's he's saying he's almost going to do his part to fulfill what he needs to do to accept the rain when it comes it's like it seems to be like kind of the the part that you have to fulfill on your end as part of the bargain of getting what you want And so it's becoming the person that can handle whatever manifestation you're looking for. And I really don't think there's anything esoteric or weird about that. It's like, it would be the same if a business asked, you know, if you're saying, I want a million dollars for my business, can you handle the million dollars in your business? Do you have all the systems set up? Because, you know, it's like all the lottery owners that win and then go broke. They they hadn't developed to that person that can actually handle the manifestation. Mm, That's good. So, So I think I really... I mean, I, I love that idea of the prey rain because it's becoming that which is the manifestation, in some sense.
1: Yeah. You know? Or moreover, it, it's bringing it into your experience, so that others can bring it into their experience. Now it's a shared experience. Yeah,
2: and it's 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 like the readying that needs to, in some sense, happen. So I'm I'm trying to take this on a little more of a like a practical route. And why would you want to become that thing? Let's say like, why would you want to embody Why would you want to feel it? And, you know, I guess I'm kind of doing this with the very practical reductionist types, just so kind of a really integratable. For sure. Because if you want something that you were asking for, you have to ask yourself, are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Are you, you have- at
1: the level? Are you at the person who can handle that, deal with all of that? yeah, yeah. No, that's so good an I get.
2: Unbelievable partner can you can you keep a conversation going with an unbelievable partner you know are you ready to make dinners with them are you ready to do this and this and this so if you know I, the, the reason that i bring the partner is just it's another thing that uh, a lot of people are probably asking for you know i mm-hmm. want i want the perfect partner well are you the perfect partner to handle the perfect partner
1: exactly
2: so I, you know it's it's the idea of asking asking you shall receive when you ask <laughs> the question is do you really want to receive it because are you ready for it? Is this gonna crush you? Are you the cup that can handle all that water? So in the prayer, it's almost like you have to do your part to become the prayer, to become the person that can mesh with the prayer so that when it does happen, it's a beautiful union and it's not destructive.
1: Oh God, beautiful way to end this conversation, Scott. And really to set the pace, to put a nice ending to 2020, to set the pace for 2021. Honestly, I can't thank you enough for being here with me today. I've loved our conversations, and I always do. You know that. And as you and I chatted about yesterday, it's so important to me to be able to talk to a like-minded individual who's on the same wavelength and to sort out my own thoughts and why I feel the way I do from time to time. Um, It's a rock and an anchor in my life, and I'm deeply grateful to you for that. So thank you, buddy, for being here. And I'm sure everyone has learned something today from you.
2: Honored to be on the show, as always, with all the other wonderful people that you've you've had on, thank you for having me.
1: My pleasure. And to all of you who joined us today, thank you for being here and listening in. Uh, My aim is to provide an an engaging hour of conversation that sparks something new or different in your life so that you can run with it and build your own fire, so to speak. We all know the value of vision. I believe that knowing how to create a functional and powerful vision for your life and business is is what's truly helpful and needed today. And so next week it's Christmas Eve you believe we're here already. We've survived a year of COVID. I am excited for what 2021 will bring in terms of growth, peace, joy, and well-being. It's up to us because if not us, who? And if not now, when? And if you're finding some time to reflect over the holidays, just click on my host page and you'll get a replay of all the programs that have started um, and have gone on since October 15th. I'll be back with some exciting new guests in January each week, Thursday here at 10 a.m. PST, And just know my deepest gratitude to all of you who have shared in my messages of hope and inspiration. You were all part of my dream of what's possible. You have my very best wishes for peaceful, joyous, and loving holidays. See you next year.
0: Thank you for listening to Unstoppable You. Please join Christine Patton for another edition of the program next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, take what inspired you today, practice it, and watch how life unfolds for you on your path to success. We'll talk again next week.